I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. Today on the show, we're going to go over the all-new 2018 Yamaha Wolverine X4. We'll share our thoughts about it and also include five things that you might have not realized about the X4. Kind of some cool little notes on it. We're also going to go into the latest ATV and UTV news where we're going to highlight five brand new models from Can-Am that were just released. We've also got news on the latest Textron Havoc X that uh, is coming out in December. So got some corrections from the last issue and then what we're currently working on. So let's get started. Yeah, let's jump into the Wolverine X4, uh, which is a new 2018 model from Yamaha. And Casey, what's so special about it? Oh man, I love this car and I think you do as well. But uh, the, the most special part is really the fact that you can carry four of your friends or your family and go on an epic adventure on the trails. I'm pretty sure that's my favorite part. What about you? Yeah, I would second that completely. Um, you know, having adventures by yourself is not nearly as fun as having adventures with people you care about. I agree. And, uh, but, but, you know, let's face the facts. Some of the people we care about can't drive an off-road vehicle to save their lives. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they need to ride and not, or they want to learn and they don't want to learn by being thrown into the deep end. The X4 is a first for many different things from, wait for it, a two-cylinder engine Yeehaw. from Yamaha. It's the first four-seat they've had. It's by far the quietest side-by-side they've had. Uh, it's the first in many different aspects. And from the very first time that I saw it, I was excited. I couldn't talk about it because I knew about it before they released it. And I wanted to not have someone come and break my legs for saying something too soon. <laughs> but I, I was ex- I was excited about it, man. I was like, I can't wait to drive this thing. Yeah. And then we got to drive it. Yep. We went to Brushy Mountain Motorsports Park in North Carolina, which, if you haven't been there, is an amazing place to ride. Um, it's built for a 60-inch machine, I believe. All the different trails are built for the 60-inch machine. And yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have issues if you take a 64-inch machine up there, right? And 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 do a lot of those trails, you're going to be not having the best of days. Yeah, it's, it's true. And it's funny because the, the X4 just slotted right into the perfect, perfect size for those trails um, with its, with its width and everything. I mean, the, uh, the overall car, it's, it's pretty, pretty darn short, actually. Um, it's, it's really a neat compact package for four people. And uh, like Josh was saying, man, we just, we really enjoyed being able to, rail it through the through the tight and technical terrain that they had there. Um, there was tons of just steep hill climbs, rocky descents, um, everything you could imagine uh, was just perfect for, for testing out this vehicle. And from the driver's seat, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's a heck of a machine. You really, like Josh was saying, with that, that twin cylinder 800, that new power plant from Yamaha, uh, we're really hoping that they put that power plant into <laughs> different machines and i mean i i really like i said i hope that comes true in the future because it is not only quiet but it's powerful it's got plenty of torque for going up these steep hills and in yamaha fashion the quality is top notch i mean you throw that thing into four-wheel yeah. drive and man it just purrs right up anything you want yes on the yamaha quality and the just the way they build those mm-hmm. all their units for that matter not just the x4 but you know, they spend about three years in development on any any given vehicle, which really blows my mind because that means they have to have a good, 
like feel for where the market is going to be when they start planning, but their development cycle is about three years. And it also kills me that they know about this stuff for three years and don't say anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, you know, I, I want to know. Yeah. Um, and it makes you wonder what else, what's already in development. Um, Absolutely. But, uh, you know, but the X4, there's so much to like about this thing. Um, and, and going back to the development, the way Yamaha does this is they get down, they do a ton of market research of what people want, what they like, what they don't like about other Yamaha machines, as well as other, you know, other brand of machines. And then they come up with a very specific task that it needs to do. And for the X4, the X4 needs to take four people in a recreation fashion in tight trails. I mean, that's how specific it is. So I'll tell you straight up, you're not going to take this thing to the dunes and launch it off. Right. <laughs> launch it off dunes. You're not going to be very happy. It is not made for that. <laughs> that's right. It is not made for that. It's only, I think it's about four inches longer than the regular Wolverine. Mm -hmm. And that's what to me makes this thing so special uh, amongst many things is its size. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many four seat machines on the market, you know, the problem is they're either so long that they're, it makes them unrealistic to take, to really be a trail machine. Right. And the other problem I think with a lot of four seaters is it's good at carrying four people and that's it. Right. You know, it doesn't have much utility factor. I think about like the four seat 900 racer. Right. Great, uh, great ride excellent ground clearance. It's a good machine and it carries people comfortably. That said, it's extremely long. Right. And the idea that we would take that thing and go up to where we rode the X4, you wouldn't be able to get through several of those spots. It's just too long to do that. You know, but the X4 solves that problem. You've got the ability for it to be utilitarian and you can slide those seats forward and still have like a cargo bed or you could slide one seat forward and put a person in cargo. Right. I really like that. I like the flexibility of that. And plus, it's it's just barely longer than a regular Wolverine. Right. It, so it will go places. I mean, it's got a width of like 59 and a half inches. Let's call it 60. Just re realistically. Right. It's a 60-inch machine, you know. Um, so it to me, it solves those problems. And that's exciting for me. I really like that. Yes. No, absolutely. And I think uh, based off of just the fact that you can take it with the whole family in there, or like you said, I mean, you can slide one of those seats forward or both of those seats forward and put your dogs back there, put your cooler back there. Uh, you're going to go on a hunting trip, anything like that. I mean, it, it fits plenty of gear in the back. Still holds, you know, your passenger up in the front. Um, it's got a lot of storage room in and of itself. I mean, everybody's got drink holders. You got plenty of room in the back. I noticed you can't see me through the podcast, obviously, but I mean, <laughs> I'm 6'3". I'm not a, not a short guy and I'm sitting in the back and my legs aren't even touching the front seat when I'm in one of the back seats. And, and that was, that was pretty, that was pretty amazing, actually. Um, you know, it's not, it, it's funny because Yamaha is so, um, uh, just, they're, they're really protective of, of the people. 
um, when, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but anyways, of when, when you get in the car, you feel protected, right? Because it's got all the different, um, side, you know, panels and stuff to make sure that nothing hits you when you're on the trail or nothing pops up into the car. And it's got full doors for the front and the back, which is another huge yeah. positive to this machine. Absolutely. Um, With the full, have to have the doors like legitimate yes. protect you, keep the trail out and you clean doors. Right. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're, they work flawlessly. The inside handle was a great idea too. So it doesn't get snagged on any trees, even if you're, you know, backing up, going forward, whatever. Um, it doesn't get filled with mud or anything, which is really nice. Um, it is, you know, like I said, it's a little tight to get in and out of just because of those different pieces that are on there for protection. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's good protection for me, you know, from the elements and uh, for you as a driver as well. Even though this thing, I mean, it it is steady. When you're going down the trail, uh, it not once did it feel like it was going to be tippy or, you know, you could throw it into a corner. You could have fun with it as well. You could <laughs> actually, actually slide it out just a little bit, which is crazy. I uh, wasn't, wasn't expecting that at all, but the motor has got enough torque and uh, that typical Yamaha style, that clutching system, man, I, that, that should just be like industry standard. Yeah. I, I don't know. Not everybody can copy that, but man. That ultramatic transmission, it's uh, it's smooth, that's for sure. Yeah, the ultramatic transmission, what makes that thing unique? I'm a hundred percent with Casey with the. Uh, I wish that was industry industry standard because the belt doesn't slack on their transmission design. It has a centrifugal clutch inside the transmission that keeps the that takes the brunt of the gas on, gas off, or or braking. You know, it takes all of that. And it's a, it's metal. I mean, it's classic go-kart. You get up to an RPM and it engages. Right. So the belt stays tight. You don't blow belts on ultramatic transmissions. You just don't do that. You know, they beefed it up for the extra power of an 850 engine. But as far mm -hmm. as the way it feels, it feels classic Yamaha. It's also quieter uh, when it engages than in other ultramatic versions. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know, you don't. Uh, yeah, there's there was never a clunk or anything um, in you know, when it engages. That was that was never an issue. But it, some some other cars, it does have a little bit of a clunk. Yeah, um, not in Yamahas and other manufacturers. You know, when you engage, and it's not necessarily a bad clunk. You just you can hear, you hear the clutch it. engage. Right? Yeah. So this is nice because it's just it, it. I mean, when they when they say it's an ultramatic, I mean it should be like an ultra smooth or something. You know, they need to have a code name for it. <laughs> I think the transmission was one of the real high points on the X4. Not only that it's ultramatic, but just the way it engages, the engine engages and you start moving forward. Or when you get on the throttle, you let off the throttle, whether it be on inclines or declines, whatever it is. Like there's a smooth transition. It's a very natural feeling. To me, it actually felt very much like a car, mm -hmm. like, a, like a hydraulic transmission in a car. And frankly, you don't get that in, in a lot of the competitive units. You don't get the level of smooth and certainly rugged that you get in a Yamaha. Yes. Did you, uh, so speaking of, of the smooth, I mean, we climbed up a couple different rock trails. Did you feel like the low gear was low enough in that car? Oh, yeah. I thought the high gear was low enough in that car. You know okay, what I mean? <laughs> right. Yamaha even made a comment to us, you know, that you, uh, yes, they recommend going into low gear when you're doing... Uh, when you're going up rock ascents and that kind of stuff, but like real rock stuff, right? But I mean, for most of the trail, 
I mean, we could go from, you know, seven, 10 miles an hour, somewhere in there, all the way up to, you know, top speed, or, or we didn't get up to top speed, but, uh, you know, where, wherever in that, in that RPM range and speed range, and it never, like, it, you don't feel like you need to go into low, you yeah. know, to protect your belt. And they, they say that because the belt, the way that the mechanism works in the ultramatic transmission, you don't necessarily need to go into low to save your belt, you know? Yeah. And that includes when you tow a trailer and that that's like that to me has always been a downside of some of the competitors is you, you know, for a long time you had to be in load to any kind of a trailer, uh, like on the Polaris units and, and they've done some things now to where you can go faster in low gear, but like in Yamaha, it just doesn't matter. And I can attest to that. I've towed more weight than I should have with, you know, a Viking. And I'm in high range towing a trailer that's 2,000 pounds. There you go. You know, and and I don't have to worry about burning up the belt. There's a durability factor to the Ultramatic and the way they engineered that. Right. That is second to none in the industry. It just is that good. I guess the only way you could get any better or as good would be to go to like a Honda hydraulic transmission where it's metal on metal. Mm-hmm. As CVTs go, it's it's... The Ultramatic is the durability standard. Right. Well, that you bring up an interesting point. So two very close competitors to this machine are the Terex 4. Yes. Um, or you could say the Terex just because it's on the same chassis. Basically the same chassis as the Terex 4. Or the uh, Pioneer lineup from Honda. Yeah. So the Pioneer lineup has that dual clutch transmission that you just mentioned, uh, which is a very, it, it's an interesting take. Um, I would say that the Wolverine, the X4, if you were to compare it with the Pioneer, um, as far as the transmission and, and powertrain wise, it, the Wolverine is uh, more, it's just easier to handle because the Pioneer, if you guys ever go drive it, it's its a little bit, it engages uh, in a, it's a little bit more of abrupt when it engages, I should say. Um, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's difficult to manage when you're rock crawling and stuff. So when you're driving the X4, because of that smoothness of the Ultramatic, uh, we definitely, I personally like it better um, for more of a wide range of riding. Um, not that the Pioneer is a bad car, because I do like certain aspects of that um, as well. But uh, as far as um, that transmission, that overall powertrain feel, uh, it's the Wolverine X4 is quieter, and I like that uh, transmission. Um, just I don't know, it just feels better. Yeah. Um, in the wide variety, so. The other one is the Terex. Um, you want to kind of give your thoughts on the Terex versus the X4? Sure. See what you think? Well, specifically, when you're talking about the Terex 4, the thing that strikes me about it, it is a shorter, like it's in the same uh, realm as the Wolverine X4. Right. On the, on its length. But the thing about the, uh, the Terex to me, the Terex 4, is, yeah, you get four seats, and the back seats are comfortable, but there's almost no space behind those rear seats. Yeah. And when you're not carrying two additional passengers in the back, that space is really useless space. You could put an ice chest in the floorboard or put it in the seat. I wouldn't recommend stacking a bunch of firewood in the rear seats of a Terex 4. And, and that's where the X4 shines is you can move those seats up and you still have a cargo bed. For me, the X4 or the X4... I like that as the better choice between that and the Terex. Yeah, the X4 is is going to be quieter. 
and the drivetrain. It's a lot more torquey. Mm-hmm. I would I would say, believe it or not, that the Terex four is a little sportier of a suspension. Yes. I think those Fox shocks, the kind of shocks they have on there, are are a sportier shock. I mean, they've got reservoirs, piggyback reservoirs. I like the suspension on it. I think it pushes in the corner when you turn mm-hmm. both T-Rexes, for that matter. I think the wheelbase is a little long for the geometry of the steering. So it pushes in the corner in a weird way. You kind of have to get used to it. Once you get used to it, it's no big deal. But the X4 is definitely more nimble. The Wolverine mm-hmm. is more nimble. The engine on it is smoother. And the suspension is much less. Adjustments that are made, most of them are made automatically for you. <laughs> I guess we should mm-hmm. jump in. I guess we should jump into the suspension of the Wolverine X4. Absolutely. That's kind of where some magic happens right there. Yeah. The suspension on this Yamaha is sublime. I mean, it really, I still am amazed when I think about that ride that day. I mean, it shouldn't be as good as the numbers show. Like it's, I think it's 8.7 inches of travel up front, 8.9 in the rear. But it, the way it performs, it feels like it's 10 plus inches of travel. It's it's a great, great ride. The self-leveling shocks are a shining star of that suspension set up in the rear. Absolutely. I think uh, just purely based on the fact that you can carry four people or no, you know, no people uh, with you, you know, or sorry, three people with you, three <laughs> additional passengers or no I was additional gonna, I was going to let you recover that on your own. <laughs> Woo, man, that was tough right there. Uh, so, no, you can you can carry the extra people with you. And the car sits at the same level, which can't be said for. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of another car. I can't either. uh, Certainly not. So certainly not without working for it by by it manually adjusting the rear, the rear shocks. You know, actually, yeah, right. And I should say that the Pioneer does have a self-leveling rear suspension. Oh, that's right. That, but um, it's still, yeah, it's it's. I've I've tried that one out and it works well. It still sags just a little bit, as I'm sure the X4 does a little bit. But at the same time, uh, the beauty of the X4 suspension is it doesn't the the way that this works is it's an oil transfer. Um, and you can chime in here too if if I'm uh, mistaken at all or not explaining it correctly. But it's an it's an oil transfer within the shock and um, it, it just allows it to uh, to increase the ride height right if you load right. it down with more people but the beauty of it is is it doesn't because it's an oil transfer it doesn't you know change the spring rate at all so it's a nice it, it just it makes it work the same as if you had one person in it or four people in it which is really cool yeah or cargo and it matters when you tow if you put right. it'll tow 2000 pounds so if you put a bunch of tongue weight on it most side by sides you get major sag in the rear end and that's mm-hmm. not good. It's, it's not good for the machine to sag. Um, right. You know, but with self level, self leveling shocks, that's a tongue twister. Apparently it levels itself back. And the thing to note, those shocks, they have to be driven a little ways to adjust themselves. And by a little ways, we're talking like a matter of 20 feet. Um, you know, in other words, a short distance, you pile people back there or, cargo back there you drive a little bit it levels itself out and it does it through pressure as you said with the oil mm-hmm. but it's it's so hands-off to get the same ride 
the same ride characteristics, whether it's loaded or unloaded or towing or not. Like that's, that's huge rather than having to get out and adjust the shocks with a preload wrench to try to get a, a ride height so you're not dragging bottom, especially when you get on. I mean, if you really want to take four people on extreme terrain or even rough terrain, you can't be dragging the middle of the machine. You just, right. you can't do that. I mean, the suspension, like I said on that, it's just phenomenally good. When you look at the X4 going down the trail, it just exudes adventure vehicle for four people or, right. or two people or three people or gear or whatever you want it. But it, it does, you really can take four people along for a ride. From the moment I saw it, I thought this could be the ultimate side-by-side for what I need side-by-side for, which for me is adventure and trail riding. I, I like the dunes, but you know, that's your, that's your realm. You, you're, <laughs> you're close to sand dunes. I would have to drive like seven hours to get to a sand dune. And that's not a real sand dune from, from riding other places around the country. It's a wannabe no, uh, sand dune in Oklahoma. That's all I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings out there. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you about where I could have used this car in uh, in upcoming story here about our Utah trip. But holy crap, man, Bryce Canyon, I tried to fit a, a 64 inch wide four seater uh, turbo. It's basically a, it's a Razor XP4 turbo uh, on trails that really should have had this one, uh, this X4 on. Yeah. There. And yeah. Anyways, story coming. So stay yeah. <laughs> hold that thought. Yeah, exactly. No, I was thinking about the interior too of this car and there was a lot of great stuff um, about it. I know we mentioned a couple things with the space and the room and everything. Um, there's a ton of cup holders. There's lots of storage with the uh, passenger glove box on that yeah. side. There are six cup uh, holders, which just are like crazy. Right. Hey, lots of, for one lots of <laughs> beverages. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, and so the, the uh, center cluster too. Pretty standard Yamaha fare, but uh, it works great. Shows everything that you need to see on it. I didn't think anything yeah, really needed to be it, different. It has a more cut look. Like to me, it has this new, that instrument cluster in this particular one has a more like detailed, oh, I don't know, cut look to it. I, I liked it. That's all I'm saying. It reminded yep. me a, a little more of like the YXZ. That's true. Yeah. A little bit more of a yeah, like, like that. straight lines and honestly, I thought the interior kind of had a more finished look than some of the other Yamaha units. It does, and it's uh, it holds up. I mean, it's it's really well put together. You don't uh, you don't feel plastic moving around that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, I will say from from my size, uh, and I have the same feeling, and it's it's even worse than the Terex models. I don't know why, but uh, my long legs they this car doesn't have the most leg room, and that's because of that short wheelbase. Um, they did a great job with the available room that they had. Um, it gets a little little tiresome when I have my foot on the throttle all day just because uh, you have to flex your ankle so much. But, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a minor gripe. I don't think, like, we were driving literally almost all day. Uh, so I don't think, you know, if you're going to be on a big adventure, that kind of stuff, you're probably going to stop a little bit more. And if you're not 6'3 and have long legs, then, you know, you're not going to have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I come from the total opposite spectrum at 5'6". <laughs> yes. And okay. I thought I didn't notice any of that. And I don't think okay. my seat was all the way back, but I couldn't tell you for sure because I didn't even check. I just okay. knew when I got in, it was fine. Like the leg room in the X4 is a little bit less than just the regular regular Wolverine. Like okay. I know I noticed that. 
there's a little less space because they're trying to gain some space for those rear passengers. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me at all that you that you were experiencing that. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, like I said, it wasn't terrible. The adjustable steering wheel was was great. I mean, that allows you to really yeah. dial in the seating position. All of them, so. all of all side by side should have an adjustable steering right. wheel. Like that should just be a standard. Other than that, I I think the uh, the overall interior was um, yeah yeah it was pretty awesome yeah in that fact. And uh, having a center console to me that again that's one of those things you just go. It should, all of these should have a center console. If there, yep. if there are only two seats in the front, glove box was nice. Everything is laid out, I think, pretty, pretty logically. And I, I like Yamaha's design of like the the four wheel drive system knob and the light knob. They're kind of big and like manly or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the little details of the interior. Uh, the the seats are are very comfortable really front and rear. And I love the fact that when the rear seat belt buckles, the part that you, that you buckle into, they they fold down and a piece of plastic covers them when you aren't going to be using those rear seats. But that's the level of detail that someone would notice if they test something extent, extensively. You would go, well, if I'm going to pile a bunch of wood here, what am I going to do with these seat belt receivers? Well, yep. I gotta, I gotta stow them somewhere, or they're gonna get torn up. And Yamaha right. does stuff like that, you know. So it's well thought through. I think the interior is well thought through. They did a good job with that. Right. So, and two more things you just reminded me about the back is first thing, and this could be completely obvious, but I just want to state <laughs> is the fact that it, it is not a dump bed. So I don't. know Yeah, if that's right. It's not. Is thinking. So that would be a heck okay. of a ride for the two rear passengers too. Yeah. Right. You'd be bouncing. For sure. Uh, and then the second thing is, I, it's funny you brought up the uh, carrying wood and stuff. I thought because the seats and they, they have, they're on sliders, right? Yeah. So they have, they have two pockets, each seat that, uh, you know, go fore and aft in, in the, I guess you could call it a bed um, itself in the back. And so when you have the seats slid up so that you have the cargo capacity uh, at maximum or whatever in the back, um, you can, you can store your wood back there and everything. And I thought, well, man, you know, what if like if you were carrying a bunch of firewood and stuff with you, then those seat sliders might get full of stuff, yeah, you know, and get clogged up and everything. And then, you know, it's a pain in the butt because you can't uh, you can't dump the bed and, and, you know, get it out or spray them out or anything. But I think uh, one of those guys, they were saying that it's actually built so it cleans out itself. Yeah. Right. When you look at it, I see what they mean. And I also think they mean more when it comes to like mud or gravel. Or okay, s- right. Even though it's rated to 600 pounds of cargo back there, like you, I mean, if I need to carry 600 pounds of crushed concrete, I'm not going to do it in an X4. Right. Firewood, sure. They said that they tested it in the mud, packed the mud in there, and they still were to work. But I'm with you. Like, I just wouldn't want to do that. If I owned one, I would have a mat to where I could throw it back there if I wasn't, if I was hauling stuff and not people, I would throw a mat right. back there. Yeah. Well, it'll be a good video for you to do with the next four one of these. Yeah. Days. That's, can, let's write that down. <laughs> right. You know, you can view that on the ATV Escape YouTube channel yeah. coming up in a few months. <laughs> I'm thinking of two things we haven't mentioned. One, the power steering, which is standard on all of the X4s, yes, 
is industry standard. It does not get better than Yamaha power steering. And it was even, it was so evident in those tight trails weaving in and out of trees where you have to go from lock to lock in the steering. It was very, very nice. Like, yes, it was just really, really good. Yeah. We had a guy center punch a rock too. And he was playing because he, he didn't even, he didn't even feel it. Yeah. Like it was, it was hilarious. You know, at the end of the day, I was right behind him and uh, he, he just not only center punched with the front tire, but he center punched with the back tire too. And I mean, I'm, I'm not laughing at him or anything. It was just, it was a, just a, it was a mistake. It was all good at the end of the day, but uh, it was just one of those things where the car, like it didn't even react to it. And he goes, man, I just all of a sudden like the side dropped, you know, and stuff. And so uh, anyways, he, uh, he had uh, flattened a tire on there, but uh, yeah. anyways, it was, it was pretty funny to say the least. So yeah, it, it really soaks up the bad stuff that could, that could potentially cause the machine to go a direction you don't want it to go. The power right. steering handles that beautifully. Yep. The yep. the other thing that came to my mind too is engine braking is when you're in four wheel drive it's all four wheels two wheel drive is the rear two wheels the engine braking is very very natural feeling mm-hmm. when you let off it doesn't jolt you forward it just starts to slow you down and if if you're going slow and you get on a decline man it really it really really works um, right even in high yeah. range. It, That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, it will high or low. Yeah. You put it in low and I would be amazed if you could find a decline that you wouldn't have to give it a little gas. I mean, it's, it's that, it's that good, but it also, you can get on the throttle and off the throttle and the engine braking engages just in a very natural way. It's, right. a, it's impressive. In fact, it may be the best Yamaha I've driven and I think that the other ones are impressive. This right. one was just dialed in that much better. So. I agree. We just I agree. didn't. That's for sure. I wanted to mention those two things. What are the top two things you most liked about the X4? I would say when you couple that short wheelbase with the power, um, the, the overall handling of it uh, with the power steering also that you talked about. The overall handling is one of the things that I like the most. It just, it's a point and shoot car. <laughs> There's no gripes about it. It doesn't do anything weird. It doesn't really, it doesn't push in the corners. Um, it's very balanced and neutral feeling. And you can go two miles with it, two miles an hour with it, just as easy as you can go 40 miles an hour with it. Um, another thing I liked, I think actually was the, uh, the back seats. I mean, they were pretty darn comfortable. Um, for us, and and I could totally be back there all day. I was I, the reason I like it so much is because I was so surprised. I wasn't expecting myself to be comfortable in those back seats, and I was. Plain and simple. Okay. So what about you, Mister? For me, the engine, it's everything that Yamaha like enthusiasts have wanted, as far as power. For a re- again, it's dialed in to be recreational. So, uh, tons of power in the low end, but you just touch the throttle, you get into an incline, you barely have to give it any gas and it'll just mountain goat its way up anything. Mm-hmm. I love, I like the engine. I like the engine character and yes, you can open it up. I mean, it's not going to, I mean, you can spin the corners as Casey said, because it's got the torque on tap. 
But anyway, I love the engine. And I would have said the ride as well. I like the self-leveling shock specifically. Mm -hmm. Just being able to... I'm going to throw the third one in. Just being able to have a side-by-side where most of the time I don't care about carrying people. I need to carry stuff. Or stuff and dogs. And this lets me do that. And then if I do need to carry friends, family, whatever... I can move those seats back and throw them back there and know that they're safe and secure and we'll enjoy the ride. Right. Okay. Two things. We both got dogs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole nother discussion. Okay. Two things you didn't like if there are two. Okay. No, I think. uh, Or would be better. You would make them better. Right. No, I think. One of my, my biggest things that I talked about earlier is that the, the throttle or the, um, the uh, throttle pedal position, um, just because I'm taller and this is not going to affect somebody that's, um, you know, probably six feet or under six foot two and under whatever. Um, but just the overall height of it, the way that the, the seat sits low, um, in that throttle position isn't the most comfortable for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I realized why they did that and I'm not necessarily knocking Yamaha for it. It's just something that if I'm going to go ride all day, then, you know, I might not wear, the biggest boots or something. I was wearing full, um, you know, uh, basically construction boots that day. And it wasn't, uh, wasn't the most comfortable thing. Um, the other thing that, uh, that I, I don't know, this is a catch 22 for me because the back seat, I love how the seats slide and you know, there's still a little bit of a cargo bed, but I, I like how I just wish there was a little bit more room uh, behind the rear seats when they were slid all the way back so you could carry four people and some serious yeah. gear. I, there's not a lot of room to carry gear when you've got four people in the car. Yeah, totally. So that's probably the the only negative I see there. I mean, obviously with short wheelbase and stuff, there's really no way to fix this unless you put a roof rack on it uh, or tow a trailer or something like that. Or you got two cars with you. I don't know, something like that. But um, that's probably the only negative there is, uh, you know, is just because the storage is limited for four people in it. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to have the length, you're going to do a four seat that's this length, there are going to be compromises. Part of that is, as we talked about, the space for the front passengers is going to be a little less than just two seats in a cargo bed. And the space for the rear passengers can't be as much as like uh, a much longer four seat machine. That said, I will say getting in and out of the machine in the front seats, you kind of, it's the way the the doors close. There's a piece that sticks out a little bit to where you have to turn your butt to get in. And it's not that it's hard to get in necessarily, but it's an extra step. It's not like throwing the door open and just turning sideways and sitting down. It's bringing the door open, turning sideways, wiggling past that little extrusion and then sitting down. And I found myself having to do that. That's a compromise of four seats in a small length. And that carries to the rear doors. I think that the seats are comfortable overall. There is enough leg room back there, but your knees do are basically touching. And if not touching, they're almost touching back there. Mm -hmm. And you're definitely touching the door and the engine compartment that's in between the seats. So for me, you really have to turn sideways and kind of 
wiggle yourself into those back seats. Like whether you're tall, I'm short, I'm a little chunkier. Um, you know, I had to step up, turn sideways, kind of contort myself and then get into the seat. Once I'm in the seat, it's comfortable, but the in and out is not easy for a full size adult. Those rear seats are really ideally made for kids, but I accept that is the compromise of a family vehicle that's a four seat version with a length that's only a few inches longer than a regular two seat with a cargo bed side by side. That's a mouthful. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's what I didn't love, but I understand the compromise and, and I understand there's not much you can do about it when you're trying to weave in and out of trails and you need the link to be, and the wheelbase to be reasonable for tight trail type adventures. Nice. I love it. Uh, do we want to talk about um, this quickly? Five things that uh, you guys might not realize about the X4. Yeah. And we'll wrap this. We'll wrap the X4 up, but we wanted to go deep dive uh, on the X4. For those of you out there that might consider buying one, if you're into a four seat, that's not the full length long travel type stuff that's out there, you absolutely need to drive the X4 before you buy anything else. Yep. Um, but here, here are five things and we can just switch off. Uh, one thing Yamaha does this on all their machines and I love this, uh, and it gets very little press, but they, they use Marine grade connectors on their side-by-sides and ATVs. It's already got the dielectric grease in there. It's just, it's a higher low end connector. And I appreciate that, especially when you have one for 15 years and you're going to put it in the water and in the mud, it keeps your connectors, you know, from, um, corroding. I love that. So that's, that's one thing. Nice. Well, let's, uh, keep the mud going here or that, uh, that little topic, because when Yamaha was developing the X4, they actually found that if they were in really deep mud or just a lot of stuff coming up off the trail and everything, their, the radiator, the fan um, on the back of the radiator, the plastic, it just wasn't draining everything quite as well as they wanted it to um, at the bottom of the, of the plastic area. So they actually cut in two different slots um, on the bottom of the, the plastic so that it drains everything completely. So you have nothing impeding on the fan blades or anything like that. Um, and as Josh, Josh alluded to earlier that, you know, they, they really go in depth with their development process. Well, this is just another aspect of how in depth they actually go and how meticulous they are with developing each different vehicle. Um, is they're taking little, little things like this and making sure that it's good for a long time for customers who buy their vehicles. All right. Number, number three, all of their side-by-sides and ATVs before they paint them or strap anything onto the chassis, it actually is fully submerged into like a pre-coat, a special coating before anything gets painted. And that's, and they take the whole thing and it's on a conveyor belt, just like, just like the automotive industry. And they dip the entire chassis into this stuff. And it not only coats the outside, but it coats inside the tubing and inside the different chassis pieces to keep it from corroding. And it makes it last, you know, far, far longer than if they didn't. And so for me, again, it's just another thing that makes Yamaha's quality and their longevity uh, that much better than some of the competitors. Yep, exactly. Uh, Number four on the list here that we have is another one of those quality components. They actually, they got the engine so quiet with this machine. And if you've driven one, then you'll know 
how actually quiet that, that engine is. But uh, once they had it so quiet, they actually found that other pieces of the machine or components of the machine needed to be quieted down because they hurt them too much um, out on the trail. So they actually uh, put some more development time into uh, different pieces and components, um, whether they were driveline components, that kind of stuff, uh, of this Wolverine X4 so that everything was just as quiet um, and you weren't hearing any, any uh, unwanted noises or anything coming from the powertrain area. Or driveline, let's put it that way. Yeah, and it is the quietest side-by-side I've ever ridden in. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You can carry on a conversation at 30 miles an hour with the passengers and not have to really raise your voice to do that. It's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Number five is the uh, ROP system. So it's the cage that's designed on this uh, X4. It's actually specifically designed to negotiate tree limbs and stuff. So Yamaha designed this so much for the trails that they knew that you're going to be passing tree limbs and and uh, negotiating like tight trails and, and different things. And so they uh, they made not only the ROP system, they designed it for that so that the tree limbs more or less slide along the top of it if you come into some contact with one or anything. But they also designed the, uh, the sun top so that there's no hard edges to it. Like you'll see some other manufacturers, they have a lip on the side or anything. Uh, that's not the case with the Yamaha. It's, a, it's an edge that rolls right along with the top of the frame rails, uh, the cage rails or whatever you want to call them on the top, um, so that the tree limbs don't get stuck. You don't get, uh, you know, the sun top doesn't get damaged, anything like that. Um, so again, just a, another one of those quality control things that, uh, that Yamaha does to ensure that everything... Um, you know, stays good and, and, uh, just tough for the longevity of the car. Yeah. So I think we pretty much wrapped up what we had to say around the Wolverine X4 overall, as you guys can tell, it's a, it's a phenomenal vehicle that we think you shall drive. Uh, let's move into the latest news in the ATV and UTV industry, uh, starting with Can-Am and they actually released five new models yesterday. Uh, the first one, is and, and all of these models relate to their X3, their Maverick X3 line, yeah. okay? So the first one that I think is probably the most significant is the X3 900 HO package. And uh, I'll kind of intro it and Josh can talk a little bit more about it too. Uh, but basically this, this is a uh, still a Rotax engine. It's a 900 power plant. Um, it is a non-turbo. So if anybody was ever concerned about the fact that there was something to break on a, you know, with the turbo or they didn't need the extra power or anything. Um, this is a 90 horsepower package and it's built on the same chassis as the X3. So you still get that low seating position. Um, you know, you still get the, the full inside of an X3 just with a little less power and a little less suspension capability um, there. So Overall, um, I think the suspension uh, measures out to 18 inches yeah, front and rear of travel. Yeah, yeah okay. 18 inches. So a whole lot of travel. <laughs> right. A whole Exactly. And, it, you know, people say, okay, so you've got 18 on the front and 22 on the rear or about 22 on the rear of a, of a higher end X3. But at the same time, you know, are you if you're not going to be pushing it that hard or, like I said, if you want something that, you know, doesn't have the extra the extra powertrain components on there, then maybe this is the package for you. And plus, I think one of the best things about this car is it starts at $17,999. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, amazing. yeah, it's that's an interesting and brilliant move on Ken Am's part. 
is to offer an X3 at that price point because the, the numbers clearly show that, I mean, as far as the suspension and such, those numbers are completely competitive with a Razor, like a, like a Razor Turbo, right. as far as the suspension goes. And, uh, and then you even have the longer wheelbase. Like, it'll eat the whoops for lunch and dinner. Uh, <laughs> yes, it will. You know, I mean, 18 inches of travel, both front and rear. That's just phenomenal travel numbers. Right. Um, exactly. So if you really want a high-end uh, desert dunes car and you don't want to spend 20 plus thousand dollars this is a this is the option yeah i love the fact that it's it's still the same layout on the inside too it's got plenty of room and everything for uh no matter how how tall you are i mean the seat slider everything uh the seat slider and the seat uh, front uh, adjustment as well um it's it definitely you can tailor it to to anything uh, that you want to do from there and how about that red paint scheme Love it. I, right? That's the color I would choose for whatever X3 I got. That's what I'd want. Yep. I, it's I like totally a deep, agree. like a deep candy apple red. It's very right. sharp. Moving on from the 900HO package uh, of the X3, we've got the new XRS uh, Turbo R and the uh, Turbo R also that's in the Max version. So they got a two and a four seat uh, XRS X3 now that um, you can get the smart lock fully locking front differential uh, in there as well. And both of those include an exclusive color scheme um, if you choose to get that package. So basically uh, what this means is that the RC version of uh, the X3 has a lot of different rock crawling exclusive features. Well, you know, Can-Am for a long time, uh, customers have been saying, okay, so you have your XRS, which is your like top of the line whoop monster, but you don't have a fully locking front diff in there. And I don't need all the different, you know, things that are on the RC version. So, you know, why don't you offer one that's got a, you know, the fully locking front diff on the XRS and I'll buy it. Well, Can-Am listened and now they have their XRS both in two and four seat with that smart lock system in there. So, woohoo. It's good. It's going to be fun to drive. That's for sure. <laughs> to me, that smart lock technology is what should be in all of these manufacturers, really. I mean, from the standpoint that I can lock the diff. If I want to right. lock the diff, I want to lock the diff. I don't need a hydraulic pump to try to figure out when it needs to lock my front diff. I'm, <laughs> I can put the wheels where I need them to go and I want them both to turn. Right. And and this is a new segment we're going to call corrections on the podcast because the way I described this thing when we talked about the rock crawling version and we'll get to the new RC version here in a second. But I was saying that once you put it in 4x4 diff lock, then you had to be in one of these automatic modes, either rock or trail mode. And that's not the case. It is truly a four mode system. So you've got two 2x4 two then you can lock the front diff and have true 4x4 with the front diff lock. Or you can put it in trail version or rock version. And what that basically does is it allows different amounts of, of power to be put to the front wheels. And it does it through a computer, of course. So that you don't get into... If you're trying to make a turn and the front 
diff is locked, that can be difficult, especially if you're on real rock crawling scenarios. But this allows it to, the computer figures out, you know, speed and throttle position, all this good stuff. And it, and it applies power to the wheels, the front wheels differently to help make that turn yet still make sure there's traction. It is a true four mode system. And now you can get that on the RS version as Casey was just talking about. So that's our new segment of the show called corrections on the podcast. And that's how the smart lock system works. Clarification is always good. We got it. Yeah. And and it's important to admit when you make a mistake and though (laughs) I make very few of them. um, Yeah. Right. I just, I needed to clear that up. No, it's good. I think, um, and it's it's going to be something where, like you said, that smart lock technology, I think, is going to make its way into more vehicles. Yes, please. Um, in the Can-Am lineup. Like right. the entire Can-Am lineup. Give, it, yes. give me all the high, especially the high-end models in each segment. I would imagine it's going to wind up having a smart lock version. Yes. You know. I hope so. And I did, uh, for those of you wondering, I did ask Can-Am if this was an easy, like say you bought an X3, uh, you know, whatever it could have been yesterday, you know, or, or th- six months ago, whatever. And you wanted to put the smart lock system in there. Um, I have heard that it is not easy to do and it would not be like a direct, it's not basically, it's not a direct replacement system. Okay. So if you're wondering if you can go buy that front diff, it's probably not going to happen. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but, um, I, cause I really wanted to do this. So I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it's not going to work. So sounds like anyways. it's time for a new X3. Yeah, right? So it's all good. So rounding out that new news from uh, from Can-Am is that MR package too, which is that new crazy mud machine they've got. Yeah, it's for for all you mud, mud boggers out there, I know people have been wanting an X3 Maverick that's set up to do the mud thing. And this is for you. And right. I, I, you know, I think it's cool that Can-Am's, Can-Am is always adjusting what they offer, but it's snorkeled and it's got, you know, bumpers and a winch and it's set up like all their, uh, MR packages, XMR packages. So if you guys want an X3 specifically designed to do mud bogging, this is the X3 you want to buy. And it has smart lock technology as well, which for me is a game changer in the mud thing. Uh, as far as Can-Am goes, because that's the ViscaLock, even the quick engage version is not the, the shining technology on up until now because you couldn't get a diff lock. You couldn't get a diff lock version that truly locked the front diff and the, and the smart lock technology now on these uh, XMRs is there. And that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's pretty cool. That's for sure. So let's move on to the last section of the news area here and that's involving the Textron off-road new Havoc X which is not really like it doesn't have a class of its own as far as Textron is concerned it they're not calling it specifically a work vehicle they're not calling it specifically a recreation vehicle Um, it's kind of a mold of all the different uh, you know placements in the UTV industry uh, in one so reason for that is because it looks like a utility vehicle. It's got two upright seats. It's two passenger, uh, but it has a great suspension system. It's got full doors. Um, it's got a great, actually a lot of towing capacity and it's got a high horsepower. So 
Uh, let's get more into this. So the suspension is uh, basically it's a two and a half inch King piggyback reservoir uh, shocks. And that for anybody that's been around the desert industry a lot, um, King off-road racing shocks, they have a not only a great rapport within the off-road industry, but they've been around for a long time and they also they make a great shock. So um, this thing being outfitted with it, you can count on the fact that it's not it not just going to you know haul stuff well. It's it's going to be able to uh, go over the rough terrain and be more of a sport style drive uh, than just a utility side of things. Also, with that being said, uh, they're still rating it at a 2,000 pound towing capacity, which kind of blows my mind, to be honest, um, with that kind of spring rate. But hey, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to testing that out and seeing seeing if they can really live up to that that number there. Um, and then, kind of the lastly, the thing that uh, it really strikes my, I don't know, just uh, gut-wrenching, like I want to go drive it type of feeling is their 100-horsepower uh, EFI engine, um, which is going to be quite a bit of power for this segment. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that's probably the most horsepower in this kind of rec... Well, they're not calling it a rec utility Yeah, this segment, kind of... But- it kind of redefines segments in that right. it is recreational. It's really... It's, it's sport... And some would say it's on the high end of sport, but it's not on the high, high end of sport. It can do the work because it's a stampede right. and it's got the cargo bed, extended cab. It's a two seat setup. It has car. I believe it has a uh, bucket seats with a console in the middle. And so it's recreational, it's sporty, and it still has a big cargo bed that you can haul a bunch of stuff and tow a bunch of stuff. So it really, it is trying to be the best of several worlds here. And we'll see if it is when we get to drive one. Exactly. There you go. It looks good, but those LED headlights in the front and, uh, you know, it's got a nice center display. Um, so it's got definitely has some great features. Uh, you can customize it. It's got, you know, it's over 70 accessories that are, uh, that are ready to go for it as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be, it's going to be an interesting drive. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm excited for that one. Let's see here. What are you working on there, Josh? I'm still working on the X4 Wolverine video review. <laughs> and I should have that out in the next couple of weeks. I'm working on that. that. Yeah. And then I'm I'm beginning to work on the January, February issue of, um, of ATV and UTV Escape Magazine. And that's already... So, in light of that, if you want to have your machine featured in the magazine, just shoot me some photos at Rides at atvescape.com. Just email me uh, at least one photo and then give me your name and where you're from. And if you want to caption it, great. But your name and where you're from, shoot that to rides at atvescape.com. We'll also put that in the show notes along with info on everything we've talked about. There you go. I love it. I highly recommend it. It's really fun seeing your vehicles in the There's something about that, you know? Right. Everybody kind of gets to see your personal touch to your uh, to your machine, yeah. which is really cool. Um, so for me, uh, we've got the new 2018 um, Razor. It's a four C XP4 Turbo Dynamics Edition. Woo-hoo. Um, I'm gonna be yeah, I'm gonna be working on that. I mentioned uh, mentioned it in the last podcast as well, but I'm I'm just about done with the December issue of UTV Sports Magazine. Uh, we're, we're putting some finishing touches on these. We ended up having eight different tires, uh, tire sets that we're testing all 30 inch 
and we tested them on a, a two-seat Razor, and man, they they uh, they really all perform differently. So I'm really excited to put this all together and give people um, just an overall, uh, really overview of, of the different different sets and where they're good, where they're not so good, and uh, why to buy each one because they're definitely, like I said, they they all have their pros and cons, and it's been a great. It's been absolutely a, uh, a wonderful test. We've got some amazing photography in there um, uh, from one of our buddies here. He's he's phenomenal, and he's only like 22 years old, so really cool to see him uh, work his magic. Uh, also in the December issue, we've got the Wolverine X4 review and a Winter's Buyer's Guide for the holidays, and then the 50th anniversary of the Baja 1000. Um, that story's all finished up, and it looks really cool, so hoping everybody checks that out. Uh, we've got some upcoming Maverick at the X3 projects that we've got going on. We're going to be getting one of those machines, and I'm really excited for that as well um, to be able to just showcase the different things that you can do with an X3, and then hopefully we'll do another 32-inch tire test on that car too. It's going to be a blast. <laughs> we'll have to do like an episode of the podcast, just talk tires and common yeah. sizes and the pros and cons of, of jacking your tire size up and what that can also do drivetrain-wise and you get to a certain point, you need to make clutch adjustments and like, so what are kind of the standards of that? And we'll have to do that because that would be, that would be pretty fantastic. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Make so, it happen, Captain. So look for that in a future episode. So well, I think, uh, yeah, this has been a phenomenal yeah. episode again, man. We've really enjoyed doing this and, uh, Josh, man, it's always fun. Yeah. Well, um, if you go to throttleonpodcast.com. We'll have show notes of everything we've talked about, links to different, you know, information on on the different media outlets we run or magazine issues. We talk about the new Can-Ams or, or, or the X4 reviews and the videos and all that stuff. So just check out our show notes at throttleonpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with another episode. All right on. We'll see you guys then.